Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging Canadian professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And today we have with us on the show, uh, Brian McCollum. He is the Chief Commercial Officer at uh, eSites. Uh, hi, Brian. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Simon. I'm excited to learn about uh, eSites, uh, but first I want to start by talking about your background. Uh, can you share your professional and personal background? Uh, sure. So I uh, joined eSite uh, about five months ago now. Uh, I have a 20-year history in the healthcare industry uh, at both public and private companies and as well as services and devices. And so I'm intrigued by eSite's product and our ability to be able to drive that through the healthcare system. And honestly, couldn't be more excited to be part of the team that's that's kind of leading the next chapter here at eSite. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you tell us more about uh, eSites, what it is, and how the idea came about? Yeah, so eSite's a very interesting story uh, of how it be- uh, came about. So Conrad Lewis uh, was the original founder of eSite and the concept. And he essentially had two sisters that were living with a condition called Stargardt's disease, uh, which is essentially central vision loss in younger patients. So it's uh, the equivalent of age-related macular degeneration that occurs in older patients, uh, but this disease occurs uh, from an early onset. And so he made a commitment to those sisters early on that he was going to develop the product that was going to allow them to be able to see and to have a more functioning lifestyle uh, if that's what they chose to do. And so he developed the initial eSight 3 around 2000, and, or sorry, the original eSight around 2013. Uh, we launched uh, what is our previous product, eSight 3, in 2017. And just last week, we launched our fourth generation product of eSight 4. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us more about the product and the features and benefits and how it works? Yeah, so eSight, uh, all eSight uh, products are based upon the same general philosophy and technology. It is basically a head-mounted device that includes a camera uh, and sensors on the front of the device, and it's taking images, uh, running them through a proprietary algorithm system, and pulling an image to two screens that are located inside the headset or the head-mounted device. And so all versions of eSight 4 have been based upon that principle of taking a camera and sensors, generating a picture, stimulating synaptic activity uh, with the user's eyes, and using what vision they, they actually have remaining. And so that, that framework has been carried on uh, to our new product. Where we differentiate ourselves and where we think we have advantages are around mobility, ease of use, uh, and comfort. And so I don't know how much you know about previous versions, but they weren't always the most comfortable units. They were, they were wired, so they weren't wireless. So with our new device, we have a complete wireless design. Uh, it has a self-contained headset or head-mounted device that has battery included in it, and it's a Bluetooth remote-controlled unit. Uh, and so we've been able to solve what we believe are the three limitations of the previous version uh, with a completely wireless interchangeable battery, and a halo-type design uh, that allows for pretty much all-day wearing if the user chooses to do so. Mm-hmm. So essentially, uh, is it fair to say that uh, the person who is uh, using this 
device actually seeing the world through a set of cameras which are producing a magnified vision uh, for him uh, on a particular, let's say, lens or something. Is, is that accurate? That's correct. That's correct. So basically, uh, they're seeing, uh, it brings it to two OLED screens that are included inside the headset. And what it's doing, if you, if you think about central vision loss, which is predominantly where the, the folks that we can help, uh, they still have a peripheral vision. So they still can see, they can still walk, they still have their balance function. They just have this big blur or, or, or fuzziness inside the middle of their eye. And what the camera and doing is, is, and sensors are doing is basically taking that Filling in those gaps, putting more light uh, into that area, and allowing them to pretty much bridge the gap, if you will. So just think about, you know, you're looking through something, you've got a big hole, and then all of a sudden you take the piece of the, the, the piece of paper away. They can now see uh, a full image. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. And uh, is it a first product of its kind, or are there uh, competitors offering similar products? Yeah, so there are there are um, devices that you know people living with visual disabilities use uh, anywhere from you know your classic closed circuit TV or CCTV as they're called, handheld magnifiers. There are a few other companies that have developed what is called the wearables, and, and we participate in that wearable space. This is a completely head-mounted device, and so a lot of them take the perspective of a, a VR-type approach. So if you think about the VR gaming systems to where you have a, a device and you're fully immersed, uh, you have no light getting in, you really lose your peripheral vision because you've now closed it off. So we are really the only company that has created a wearable that ha- that you can remain mobile with. We have a feature called bioptic tilt. So that allows the, the wearer to move the screens up and down. So if you needed to use the screens, you needed that magnification, that contrast, you pull them down uh, over your eyes. They can be worn right over your glasses. There's no need to take them on and off. Uh, but if you want to have a conversation with someone and you're having a, a conversation where you don't really need to see uh, who you're talking to, eye-to-eye contact is extremely important. Uh, and so you just raise the glasses up. You can have a normal conversation, and then you can pull them back down uh, if you needed, needed so. So we are the only one that has that bioptic tilt, and we want to – you know, have the user be able to use the vision that they currently have, not just completely replace uh, with some type of image uh, that you would see in a VR type device. Mm-hmm. And do you have any particular patterns uh, around your technology? We do. So I mentioned the bioptic tilt. That is a uh, one of the larger ones from a hardware design perspective. Uh, we have several around the algorithms and the software system. Uh, eSight's unique in the sense that we have developed not only our software system uh, that that will run these algorithms and sensors and cameras, but we also develop the hardware platform. Uh, a lot of our competitors and a lot of folks in the space they go and source a hardware device. Uh, that they onboard their software system into. We we took a little bit of a different approach. We want to be able to control both the hardware and the software side. And so we have uh, about 30 patents issued uh, on both hardware and software, and there's about 30 pending uh, currently to bring our portfolio to right around 60. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of, like, uh, usability experience, is it, uh, let's say, um, something that the consumers can wear for long duration 
for example like uh, with the vr headsets we've seen that you know they can be heavy on the head or they can cause a headache because of the extended uh, exposure to a screen so close to the eyes so are there any um, are there any negative impacts that the consumers can feel from prolonged or extended usage Yes, yeah, so we we address the, the you know the heaviness concept. Uh, obviously, when you put a battery into a headset, you add weight to it. But the halo design, the way it sits, kind of on top of the crown of the head, uh, there is a even distribution of weight between the front and the back. And honestly, the 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 visor in the front uh, is is not you can't even really tell it's there. There's really no weight being distributed to the visor. And so, from a, a weight perspective, we've neutralized that that impact, if you will. Uh, as it relates to to a uh, long period of wearing, because we have the ability to flip up the visor uh, with that bioptic till, you know, it's not a complete, you're looking through screens the whole time. And so we find, we have several users, uh, and this goes even goes back to eSight 3, that will wear this device for six, seven, eight hours a day. Uh, and so while some people, it may strain their eyes originally, they get used to it, uh, and they also can kind of relieve that, that stress on their eyes by moving the, the, the headset up and down. Um, I would say with eSight 4, we really have played to kind of that longer period wearing time. Uh, you know, if you think about the people that really can be impacted, sure, everyone living with visual disabilities uh, whether it's central vision loss, macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, you know, they have certain things they want to do in life. They may have hobbies. They may just want to simply read to their children and grandchildren. But if you think about that younger student age or that younger uh, young professional age, these people want to be able to go to school. They want to be able to have a job to where they can work a normal day uh, from a job perspective. And so this new device being wireless and being having batteries that are interchangeable, we are, they can basically, with, with two to three batteries, can pretty much last all day without ever having to recharge the device. And so, you know, once you can solve comfort and once you can kind of solve can they, can they wear it all day, you then got to solve will the battery last all day. And so I think this new version uh, really hits those three points pretty hard and, and pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, where, where do you manufacture these uh, units? Uh, the units uh, are manufactured in Ottawa, uh, at our plant in Ottawa. We have an office in Toronto, which is more of our sales and kind of corporate office, uh, and we have a small satellite office down in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's made in Canada, eh? Correct. That's, uh, that's amazing. And um, um, how many units have you sold since inception? So the company has sold about 3,000 plus units uh, since inception, um, and that includes uh, eSight 1 and 2, but mostly that number was attributable to eSight 3, which was launched in 2017. And, and we believe those three versions play an important part about the design and, and how we really thought about eSight 4. Uh, and, and we believe the, the ramp for eSight 4 will be pretty substantial, substantial, uh, because I truly believe this is the most commercially viable product the company has ever developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I assume right now you're selling it in North America, but you certainly have plans to sell it globally. Correct. So we, we currently sell eSight 3 not only in North America, we sell it in Europe, 
Uh, we sell it uh, in Latin America as well, and we also uh, have sold some units into the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, they have a, a pretty large uh, population of central vision loss, macular degeneration. It's, it's, it's hereditary, and so they, they deal with those. And so we, we truly do want to be a global company. Uh, we now, uh, it's registered in the U.S. and Canada. It's also now been CE marked in Europe, and our focus primarily will be, you know, Germany, UK, France in the European markets. And then we will start beginning to move to other markets outside of that, that, that first four in Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, once a, a user gets this product, is there a certain level of learning curve in terms of the, or do they have to learn and figure out how to use the hardware and software? And does that take some time? And what kind of feedback uh, have you received from the users? So I, I'll take the first part of the question. Uh, eSight 4 is is exponentially easier to use than eSight 3 was. The user interface, the menus that we're using, um, just the, the remote control features, being Bluetooth, it's a very simple remote control. There's also a, a tactile uh, touchpad on the headset itself, and so this device uh, someone could use zoom contrast and navigate certain menus by just touching the touchpad on the side of the unit. And so we definitely made it more intuitive to use. We also have a coaching process. So we have about five or six co- what we call coaches who are visually impaired people who are wearing the eSight. Uh, and they are responsible for helping these users who buy the device get the most from their device. So it's just like any technology. You know, if you think about a cell phone, it probably does a hundred things you never use it for or you don't even know that it does. And so it's all about learning how to use it. We've made eSight 4 uh, tremendous, very easy to use out of the box for the basic functions, zoom, contrast, changing scenes, etc. cetera. Um, you know, there's a finder function to where it can zoom right in on something by just clicking a button. But we've also built in some pretty complex uh items that can help people that are trying to get certain things out of the device. And that's where the coaching really comes in. Uh, when they when they buy the device, they get free five free coaching sessions. So we're able to work with them as much as they want during those sessions to help them get the most from the device. And that's a little bit different uh, than our the approach our competitors take. Mm-hmm. And uh, what kind of response and feedback have you received from customers? Uh, we're two weeks into the launch. Uh, we went through a user uh, acceptance testing prior to launch, and we the, the feedback was overwhelming. Uh, we have some people who have been with the company three, four, five years who have demoed eSight 3 five, 6,000 times, right? And, and the feedback we get from those people who are closer to those demoing and, and showing this device to people basically have said every feedback item we got during those, those unsuccessful demos, because everyone, obviously, it doesn't work for everyone and not everyone chooses to buy it, is we've really hit those, those items and, and nailed them for eSight 4. Um, and so the, the, the feedback has been overwhelming, uh, positive. Uh, clearly, devices, uh, these devices, when you're dealing with individual uh, conditions, they don't work for everyone. So we definitely have a screening process that we need to be diligent about to make sure uh, that we get to the right people that can truly benefit from the device. Mm-hmm. And uh, where is the medical science when it comes to macular de- uh, degeneration? Is it something that at the moment cannot be cured? 
uh, or can it can it be cured for some people while others have to use assistive technologies? What is the science on that? Yeah, there there is no known cure for macular degeneration. Uh, right now, the common treatment uh, within the ophthalmology practices are to do injections. Uh, so that's a, a pharmaceutical drug that's injected into uh, the macula. And what that's really doing is preserving uh, the macula as long as it can. It slows down the degeneration of that macula. But there is no known cure. There is, it's not reversing damage that's already occurred. And, and from our understanding, those, those typically last anywhere from, you know, two to three years. Uh, they would go through injections. This device in my opinion, comes probably after that treatment, uh, unless you get people who just don't want to go through uh, that protocol or that procedure uh, on a monthly basis, basis for two or three years. Um, our device can sit over the top of that and continue to allow those folks to have their vision for probably another three, four, five, um, six years, depending on how quickly the macula deteriorates. Mm-hmm. And are you work currently working on Eastside 5? Uh, Eastside 5 is, is definitely, uh, in the, the development phase. Uh, we've got ideas on, on how we could do things a little bit different to attack different parts of the market. Uh, but what we really wanted to do with Eastside 4 was we wanted to take all the learnings that we've had from Eastside 1, 2, and primarily 3, and we wanted to get to a device that we felt like we could make commercially available and that we could bring it to the masses, so to speak. Uh, and so that's been our primary focus. Will there be improvements that we can make? Uh, there are obviously software changes we could make. Would we change the hardware? Um, I would say we're more focused on are there different verticals that our technology can be used for. So if you think about the, the product we've created, it's, it's basically a camera system bringing it to, to, into two can, two lens, if you will, to, to monitors. Um, We've proven it in the low vision space uh, with eSight 4 and what we've done, but we think there are other uses to that, whether that's surgical use, uh, you know, surgeons using it in their in their uh, operating rooms, et cetera. That's probably more where we're looking toward as opposed to just coming out with a whole new low vision device. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, it has been nice speaking with you and learning about uh, eSight, so thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, you want to share a website? Uh, how can people learn more about eSites? Uh, yeah, you can find everything you, uh, about eSite at www.esiteeyewear.com. All right, perfect. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn about uh, this amazing technology and product of eSite. And uh, feel free to con- uh, contact eSites if you have any questions. This is definitely a great inspiring uh, innovation, which is really helping uh, make lives easy for people with uh, macular degeneration. Um, And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.